We've been focusing on an Advent series called Waiting for the Coming Light. And we've been particularly focusing on the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. And John 1 through 14, verses 1 through 14, is what's called the prologue of the gospel, where John gives an introduction and kind of a summary of what the rest of the gospel is going to unpack. And so we see a lot of powerful truths found in the first 14 chapters in the gospel of John. We're going to be focusing today on verses 9 through verse 13. Hear the word of the Lord. It says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. I want to focus particularly on verse 10 and 11. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. I'm going to talk about recognizing Jesus, recognizing Jesus. Lord, we open ourselves up to you now. Lord, would you give revelation to us now? Open our eyes as only you can. Open our ears as only you can. Open our hearts to receive every gift of revelation you have for us this day. We pray these things in Jesus' name and everyone said Amen. I was near Lincoln Center yesterday, and as I drove through that area, I came across uh, a famous movie theater that you've seen before, Lowe's Theater on 68th Street and Broadway. And this theater has always had a special place in my heart because it was really the first job that I had as a 17-year-old. I worked at what was called Sony Theaters back then on 68th Street and Broadway, 1996-1997, and I really enjoyed working at this place. I I got to watch movies for free. I I know basically every movie that came out in 1996 and 1997. I got my family and friends in for free. Uh, I'm not sure if I was supposed to give them free popcorn as well, but they got free popcorn as well. I made about $4.75 an hour, the minimum wage in 1996. But when I worked there, I would love to be an usher, the guy who would clean up after the movie finished, because many times I would find more money on the floor than I made in a given day. And so I would say, can I be the usher, please? I just want to be the, I don't want to work concession. I don't want to do the box office. I want to be an usher, because I'd make more money cleaning up than I made in a given day. But what I loved most about working at Lowe's Theater was I would meet celebrities from time to time. One time, I served a bucket of popcorn to Harrison Ford. 
Uh, one time, I stood next to Mike Myers as Austin Powers came out in 1996, and he was in the back laughing at the movie as he was watching the movie all the way in the back. I was standing next to him. I, I gave uh, order of Twizzlers to Stephon Marbury, the NBA star who played for the New York Knicks. But there were plenty of times when a celebrity would come into the theater, and I would simply not recognize them. They would be too ordinary, and in their ordinariness, I'd miss them until someone would say, did you see Jodie Foster come in? Like all these 90s actresses and actors and all that. And I would say, no, where, where was she? Where was he? he? You just missed them. They were right in front of you, uh, but I didn't recognize them. And as I thought of my experience working at Lowe's Theaters in 1996 and 1997, I thought about our passage this afternoon. What if I told you that God has showed up in your life this week, that God has been on your job, that God has been in your home, that God has been in your neighborhood, that God has been at your school? The truth of Christianity is God shows up, and the truth about our lives is that we often don't recognize him. We often don't recognize the ways that he comes. One of the amazing truths about Christianity is that God is a transcendent God, one who stands over and above creation, one who created the world but stands over the world. We call this the transcendence of God. But Christianity is not just about the transcendence of God. Christianity is also about the imminence of God, that the God who created everything comes close to us. The God who created the world actually comes to us in very ordinary ways. During the time of Advent, we celebrate the ways that this God comes. Throughout the church history, we have celebrated and recognized two primary ways of coming. We celebrate that Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago. We celebrate and call this the incarnation. We call this Christmas. As Christians, we also await his second coming, where he will make everything right, where he will renew the world and make all things new. But I want to propose that there is another coming, a third coming. It was Bernard of Clairvaux, one of the great theologians of the church, who gave some explanation to this middle coming of Jesus. Bernard says that there are three comings of the Lord, and this is how he explains it. And so before you call Bernard a heretic and then call me a heretic for quoting Bernard, look at what Bernard says. He says, we know that there are three comings of the Lord. The third lies between the other two. It is invisible, while the other two are visible. In the first coming, he was seen on earth, dwelling among men. In the final coming, all flesh will see the salvation of our God, and they will look on him whom they pierced. The intermediate coming is a hidden one. In it, only the elect see the Lord within their own selves, and they are saved. And then Bernard knows that people are going to give him some pushback, and so he says this, in case someone should think, that what we say about this middle coming is sheer invention, listen to what our Lord himself says. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we 
will come to him. What Bernard is saying is powerful and simple. He's saying Christ has come. Christ comes and Christ will come. We celebrate his first coming. We anticipate his second coming. But we often miss his middle coming. We often miss the ways that God has come to us. And this is not a new phenomenon. For thousands of years, people have not recognized the coming of Jesus, have not seen the presence of Jesus in our midst. And John says in this verse here, when we don't recognize him, we won't receive him. I thought about this based on an experience I had about a week ago. My family, we moved into a new apartment in Queens a couple of weeks ago, and as we were getting things settled, I was putting together a bed for our four-year-old son, Nathan. And as I'm putting the bed together, I'm banging a little bit, and after I started the banging, I heard my neighbor bang from downstairs, except taking a broom and going, boom, boom, boom. And so I go, was someone banging below here? And my father-in-law who was with me said, yeah, I think someone's banging. I said, well, let me go downstairs and talk to that person. And so I go downstairs, not looking to start a fight. I I know I'm from Brooklyn, but I wasn't trying to start a fight. (laughs) I went downstairs to let the person know, listen, we're new here. We're building some stuff. It's going to be loud from time to time. Could you just be patient with us? But as I knocked on the door and rang the bell, I could hear some rustling in the apartment some three to four minutes after they made the sound. And so this person must have been terrified, thinking this person's come to kill me three minutes after they bang. And so I ring the bell. They don't answer. I ring it again just to, 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 to be a good neighbor. And so the person very cautiously and, 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 and frighteningly says, who is it? And I see them peek through the thing there, you know, I hear the thing and I say, hey, my name is Rich. I'm a new neighbor. I live upstairs and I want to let you know I'm building a bed for my son. It's going to get a little noisy from time to time, but if you would be patient with us, we'd really appreciate it. And for a good two minutes or so, my neighbor refused to open the door. She just talked to me through the, it was a very odd experience as we were having a conversation, talking through a closed door and I thought she didn't recognize me. Therefore, she refused to receive me, refused to even open the door. I said, what a New York City moment. And as I thought about that moment, I also thought about our text today. When we don't recognize God, we will not receive God. In John 1, John, the gospel writer, takes us on a journey. He lets us know who Jesus Christ is. At the beginning of the gospel, he gives some really beautiful, magnificent language about who Jesus Christ really is. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. From the very beginning of the Gospel of John, John writes some magnificent, uh, supernatural, cosmological, metaphysical language to talk about who Jesus Christ is. 
And he wants us to know from the very beginning that Jesus Christ is not just a human being, that Jesus Christ is not just a teacher, he's not just a rabbi, he's not just a miracle worker. Jesus Christ is God of God, light of lights. He's the son of the living God, the one who created all things. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. John starts way up here, and then he transitions way down here. He says, in the beginning was the word. A few verses later, he says, there was a man named John. And he talks about John the Baptist now as a witness to the light and how we are to bear witness in our own selves, in our own lives, in our own deeds, in our own words to the light of Jesus Christ coming into the world. John, the gospel writer, takes us really high, then he takes us really low. He talks about light, and then he talks about this guy named John. Now he's going to take us high again to talk about light again. And what we see in this passage is, is God gives light to everyone, but not everyone receives it. He gives light to everyone, not everyone receives it. This is plain to see in verse 10 and 11. And what we find here in verse 10 and 11 is perhaps the most tragic two verses in the entire New Testament. In verse 10 and 11, it says, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. When you look at the life of Jesus from the very beginning, you see that this is what's taken place throughout the centuries. People have had a hard time recognizing and receiving Jesus. When Jesus was born, word goes out to this temperamental, insecure, grandiose leader named Herod who refuses to recognize who he was. And because he refused to recognize who he was, he refuses to receive him. As a result, Hever tries to kill him because he was afraid of letting go of power. Jesus and his parents who become refugees, unwelcome in their own hometown. When Jesus was at work teaching and healing the sick, many people could not recognize him for who he was. Religious leaders could not recognize or receive him or see God at work in him. And what's fascinating and amusing and ironic about the New Testament is the only people, apart from a handful of people like John and Peter, the only people who recognized Jesus Christ for who he was were demons. It's amusing, it's ironic. It's fascinating to see that those who saw Jesus clearly for who he was were demons. In Mark 1, after Jesus comes on the scene, his mere presence, he comes on the scene, a demon speaks to a person and says, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. What's fascinating, amusing, ironic to see is four chapters later in the Gospel of Mark chapter 4, after Jesus calms the winds and the waves, the disciples look at him and say, who is this man? The demons see clearly. The disciples are going, who is this guy? We have a hard time recognizing Jesus in our midst. John says, The people did not recognize him, nor did they receive him. Now, when you look at why people didn't recognize Jesus, I want to just suggest two reasons why they didn't recognize him, two reasons why they didn't receive him. 
The first reason why they didn't recognize Jesus in their midst was because they were too caught up in their expectations of how God would come. The people in Jesus' day were expecting a powerful warrior king, one who would wipe out their enemies, one who would judge the wicked, one who would restore land to them. But instead of judging their enemies, Jesus was forgiving the enemies. Instead of casting out the wicked, Jesus was inviting the wicked to be his disciples. And it was so perplexing to them because the Messiah, they thought, the expectations they had was he was going to wipe out the unrighteous, bless the righteous. But what we see Jesus doing is he's welcoming the wicked and he's judging the righteous. Didn't make any sense to them. John the Baptist, at one point in Matthew 11, says he gives word and sends word to Jesus to ask, are you the one or should we look for another? They were so caught up in their expectations that they didn't see how God would come. And their expectations were so off that they would end up crucifying the one who God sent their way. And it's often the case that we end up killing the things that God sent our way because we don't have the right expectation. In addition to having the wrong expectation, the reason they couldn't recognize and receive Jesus in their midst was because he was too ordinary. He was too familiar. They saw him every day. And because they saw him every day, because he was so ordinary, because he was so familiar, they could not recognize God in their midst. His own family didn't receive him. When they would see Jesus doing miracles and such, they would ask, isn't this Joseph's son? He was too familiar. He was too ordinary. And these two obstacles are our problem as well. Because we miss recognizing Jesus as well in our midst. We are like Jacob in Genesis 28. In Genesis 28, Jacob is running for his life. Jacob decides to sleep on a rock. And as he's sleeping on a rock, God comes to him, gives him a vision of a big ladder going from heaven to earth, angels ascending, angels descending. God's presence is right by Jacob, but Jacob doesn't recognize it's the presence of God. Jacob doesn't recognize the very presence of God has come, and he wakes up out of his dream and says these terrifying, tragic words, God was here, and I did not know it. You're not going to get more tragic words than that. God was here, and I did not know it. We fail to recognize Jesus much like the people of God 2,000 years ago failed to recognize Jesus. We fail to recognize Jesus because we get caught up in our expectations of how we think God comes. We build a picture of our lives. We build a picture of God. We build a picture of Christ. And when he refuses to fit into the image that we have created, we resist it. And so God comes to us, but because he doesn't match the projections of what we believe God is or who we believe God is, we miss him because we have been caught up in faulty expectations. We miss God because we are too familiar. As a pastor, as a preacher, I'm in most danger of this. 
of becoming too familiar with God, too familiar with the scriptures, too familiar with what I do as a preacher. I am in most danger, probably beyond anyone else, to become too familiar with God, which is why G.K. Chesterton said that we must learn to look at things familiar until they are unfamiliar. We must learn to look at things familiar, the things that we are accustomed to, until they are unfamiliar to us again. But it happens to us that we are too familiar with things. God is too ordinary for us, and so we miss his coming. A third reason why we miss personally is we're too busy. We run a frenetic pace. We're distracted, and so we miss all the ways that God comes to us. And yet with all of these things blocking our vision of God, Advent and Christmas reminds us of good news that God continues to come. Even though we don't recognize him, God continues to come. Isn't this good news that God could have said, I gave you plenty of opportunities to recognize my coming. You missed it. But over and over, like Niagara Falls and the, and the waters falls, keep coming over and over and over again. God keeps coming. In the time of the New Testament, Jesus was physically present. They ate with him. They laughed with him. They, they, they prayed with him. He was very present. And even so, they could not recognize or receive him. In our day, Jesus is not walking around in that same way, but he is just as present. The question is, can we recognize him? Can we recognize his coming? Because the way Jesus comes, he comes in a myriad of ways. Jesus comes through his body, the church. People say, where is Jesus? Look among us. He's here in our midst. He's here through the broken bodies and broken sinful lives of our community. Where is Jesus? He's here among us. When we gather together as the people of God, we are his body the body of Christ. Where is he? I don't see him. Look among you. He is here in our midst. Where is Jesus? Jesus comes to us in the poor and the marginalized, in the overlooked and the under-resourced of the world. There was a man by the name of Fritz Eichenberg in, in Germany in 1930s. While Hitler was coming to power, he, he created some uh, political satire and political comics to, to talk about how God is present in our midst. And he, he created this drawing called Jesus in the Breadline, letting the people in Germany know in a time of oppression, in a time of violence, in a time of marginalization that Jesus Christ was very present in their midst, present among an oppressed people, present among the marginalized, present among the overlooked and the under-resourced. Every time you see a homeless person on the street, every time you see a person who's on the margins of society, you are encountering Jesus Christ. The presence of Jesus Christ in our midst. How does God come? He comes through the proclamation of his word. He comes through holy scripture. He comes when we take bread and dip it in a cup. He comes through the beauty of creation. He comes through the difficulties of life. Jesus Christ comes and he keeps on coming. The question is, do we recognize his presence? The question is, can we receive his life? Some of us in this room, you're experiencing great difficulties Sickness in your body, marriage falling apart, financial difficulties, depression and despair, 
And in this time, I want to let you know that Jesus Christ, in the midst of all that, is coming to you. He's present to you. He's here in our midst. This is the paradox of Christianity. We celebrate his first coming. We anticipate his second coming. But we are called to discern his middle coming. That God is here. That God is coming. The bad news about this text and about our lives is that we fail to recognize the presence of Jesus. We fail to recognize him. But the good news of Christianity is this, that even though we repeatedly refuse to recognize Jesus, Jesus always recognizes you. Jesus knows you. He sees you. One of the beautiful things to see in the Gospels is the way Jesus recognizes people people who don't recognize him. Later on in the Gospel of John, Jesus would come across a guy named Nathaniel. And he says, Nathaniel, here is a man in whom there is no deceit. And Nathaniel says, have we met before? He didn't recognize Jesus, but Jesus recognized him. In John chapter 4, Jesus comes across a Samaritan woman by the well. She starts telling him his life. He starts telling her about her life. She says, sir, do, do I know you? She didn't recognize him, but he recognized her. In Luke 18, Jesus is walking among a crowd. There's a tax collector named Zacchaeus. He was short, so he climbs a tree to see Jesus. And as he's on top of this sycamore tree, Jesus looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to have dinner at your house today. <laughs> Jesus is just inviting himself, you know. <laughs> and Zacchaeus says, uh, how, how do you know me? God, even though you don't recognize God, God recognizes you. He knows your name. He knows your story. He knows your pains. He knows your despair. He knows your depression. He knows your addictions. He knows your sin. He knows your family conflicts. He knows your history. Even though you don't recognize him, Jesus Christ recognizes you. He sees you. He knows you. He calls you by name. One of the things that's out there is, is, is this technology of facial recognition technology, where in order to get access to some phones, you have to look at it and has to recognize you in order to receive you. It, it takes note of the contours of your face, the, the nuances of your physicality, and, and, and once it matches up, it receives you. The grace of God is really the facial, uh, uh, the facial recognition technology of our day. God recognizes us as we entrust our lives to Jesus Christ. As we put our trust in Jesus Christ, the Father recognizes us, receives us. And it is out of this mutuality and interplay of recognition that we are called to receive. God recognizes you, receives you, and it is out of that place of him recognizing you and receiving you that he calls us to recognize him and receive him. How do we recognize Jesus? How do we see Jesus? Well, first of all, in order to see Jesus, when you look at the New Testament, to recognize Jesus is actually very simple, but it's not easy. To recognize Jesus is not something you can educate yourself through. 
no matter how smart you are, how educated you are, seeing Jesus is not something you do. Seeing Jesus is a gift that we receive. A gift that we receive through God's loving self-disclosure. Through the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How do we see Jesus? Very simply, we open ourselves up to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When you look at the New Testament and the ways that people saw Jesus, the very few people who recognized Jesus didn't do so because they were smart. Didn't do so because they were educated. Didn't do so because they had their act together. The reason they recognized Jesus, it was purely a gift of the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 2, when Jesus comes into the temple, there was a man named Simeon, a priest, who lived his whole life waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, the Spirit of God moves Simeon to go to the temple. And he goes to the temple. He sees the Messiah in the form of a baby. But it was the Holy Spirit who reveals this truth. In the Gospels, Jesus asks his disciple Peter a question. He says, Peter, who do people say that I am? And Peter says, some say Elijah, some say this person. And Jesus interrupts and he says, Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, wait a second, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven has revealed this to you. We recognize Jesus by sure grace by the Holy Spirit. But what we can do, we cannot control when we will recognize Jesus, but what we control is how we open ourselves up to this reality. We can position ourselves for this reality. When Simeon goes into the temple, he's an old man who's been coming to the temple faithfully every single day. He was positioning himself, and then one day the Spirit of God said, now's the time. You can't control when you recognize Jesus, but you can position yourself so that when God speaks, you're there to listen. You're there to see it. This is why prayer is so important. When we open ourselves up to God in prayer, what we're saying is, Lord, I can't manipulate recognizing you, but I can position myself so that when you speak and when you reveal and when you self-disclose, I'm already waiting. I'm already, I'm already anticipating it. This is why we pray. Why do we read the scriptures? We read the scriptures not just to get some Bible knowledge in our head. We read the scriptures to discern the ways that God comes to us. Why do we join small groups? Why do we worship together? Why do we take bread and dip it in the cup? Because we want to pay attention to the various ways that God is in our midst. Why do we serve the poor and marginalized? Because we want to pay attention to the ways that God is in our midst. Can you recognize him? Over the last few hundred years of the church, there's been a particular tradition tradition in the church called the Ignatian tradition, which has tried to recognize the coming of God. There was a guy by the name of Ignatius of Loyola, and he had a fundamental theological belief that God comes every day in hidden, imperceptible ways, and that The ways that we recognize the coming of God is by doing what he called an examine. Oh, an an, an examine. That at the middle of the day and before going to bed, Ignatius and those who follow his tradition in the church 
would pause to ask two very fundamental questions. Where has God been present? And where have I missed them? What a wonderful practice for us that throughout the course of the day, once or twice a day, we pause to say, Lord, where have you been present? And where have I missed you? God is coming through your children, coming through your supervisor, coming through the pains of life, coming through. But Lord, where have you been active? And where have I missed you? To recognize Jesus requires some habits that we form in our lives to recognize his coming. God comes up to us in ordinary ways, often imperceptible, hidden ways. And when we position ourselves and God gives his light of revelation, and when we say yes to that, he promises us rights and privileges. Let me end with verse 12. He says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And John says, whoever will receive him, no matter who you are, no matter what your sin, no matter what your struggle, whoever will receive him, whoever will recognize him, Whoever believes in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Simple recognition and receiving of the presence of Jesus in our midst gives us the full rights and privileges of being the children of God and his great family. And so Advent is a very simple invitation. Are we going to be awake? Are we going to be alive? Are we going to take the time to notice, to be mindful of the coming of God because God is closer than we think. As St. Augustine said, God is closer to us than we are to ourselves. Let's pray together. Can you recognize his coming? I imagine in our congregation there are many who are having a hard time recognizing Jesus. And yet his word is very clear today. And as we open ourselves up to him, we ask that the Holy Spirit would give light and revelation to recognize and receive him. Lord Jesus, we confess that we have often failed to position ourselves to recognize your coming. So busy, wrong expectations, we've become so familiar with you that we don't recognize the surprising and subversive ways that you come. But Lord, we ask that you would now give us the light of revelation that only the Holy Spirit can give. We open ourselves up to your love. Lord, we sing to you now words of praise, words of worship, words of human longing as we wait for you.
We sing to you now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, let's all stand. Let's sing together. I have decided. I am resolved to promise of the scriptures that God is a God who comes and so we wait upon the Lord I want to invite our prayer team to come to my right 
invite uh, Pastor Joe, who's going to offer the bread and the cup to us. And I imagine on, on a given Sunday, many of us are having a hard time recognizing the presence of Jesus. Some of you probably came into church asking, where is Jesus? I don't see him. In light of difficulties, in light of challenges, setbacks, it's often very difficult to recognize him. This is why we need the people of God on the journey to remind us, to speak hope to us, to pray for us. And so if you are wondering where Jesus is, having a hard time recognizing his presence, let us pray for you. Don't walk out of here without receiving someone laying their hands on you, anointing you with oil as a sign of God's presence in your life. Don't run out of here. Some of you are facing some very significant challenges. You've got some struggles at home in your marriage, financial troubles, sickness, mental health issues. Uh, there are many of us in this congregation who are significantly struggling, and you have a hard time recognizing the presence of Jesus. And so don't walk out of here that Jesus comes through his body, the body of Christ. And so as you come for prayer, may you receive a touch of Jesus. Jesus comes in the body and blood in the cup and in the bread. And so when you receive the bread and the cup, you're also opening yourselves up to the mystical presence of Jesus Christ. We're not just taking bread and dipping it in a cup. In faith, something significant is happening something beyond words, something mystical, something supernatural, but God comes to us. And so whether you're coming to receive prayer, whether you're coming for the bread and the cup, uh, as we close this service, feel free to come forward. Some of you, you're not even a Christian. You've come to church, but you've never recognized Jesus. You've never received him. And maybe today something's coming alive in you. You sense God speaking directly to you. And if you're wondering, trying to figure out what is this feeling of feeling, I'm feeling pulled, I'm, I feel my heart warmed, I'm feeling something coursing through my body, that's, that's not just some emotions, this is the living God getting your attention. And if you've never said yes to Jesus Christ, he recognizes you, he knows you, and in Christ he wants to receive you. So if you want to say yes to him, our prayer team would love to pray for you as well. As we close, let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. If you're new to our church, we end every gathering like this because this is a posture of receiving. And the world's posture is one of grasping, one of manipulation, one of anxiety. But as the people of God, we position ourselves to receive, to open space for the Spirit of God to come into our lives in a fresh way. And so with your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving, brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this building in the power of the Holy Spirit, recognizing Jesus and the ways that he is coming to you. And may you in turn help others to recognize his presence. 
the ways that he comes. And may you lead others to receive him and the fullness of life that he offers. I bless you all today in the strong and the beautiful and the joyful name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Grace and peace to you all.